0: hey what's up guys welcome to the local podcast the official podcast of the college of new beginnings where we will talk about the local community church culture for students all across the east texas area here's your host enjoy welcome back guys this is part two of our two-part interview with clint holmes we are about to jump right back into the conversation that we had started last week. Hope y'all enjoy. I think just in general,
1: I like think about community as, as a whole, what do you think are um, maybe some hindrances to real community and relationship? We've already kind of implied some of it, but mm-hmm. you kind of flesh that out a little bit. What, what do you think some... Some hindrances are. I kind
2: of, um, I kind of build on the proximity point. Um, as I've done this work, and I've gotten closer to the work, it's been glaringly obvious, like how we're guilty of like staying in our own comfort zones, yeah. our circles. Yeah our you know, our routine and we don't like for that to be disturbed. And COVID was a great the great disturber. The great equalizer, yeah. <laughs> that came and just shook everything up and made us look at things differently. Um so and and, and, and something that I I guess I'm not as surprised because it, even where I'm from that was a case where you have north south. Yeah. Um yeah. But as God has allowed and opened up doors, because even like I know I am I was guilty of making some assumptions about what people thought, yeah. making assumptions about where people were. And then when I got to know them personally, when I got in relationship with them, because I mean, we don't do as much coming into fellowship. You know, let's let's come over each other's houses. It's just not as common. Social media is, is a huge part of that because it's easy to feel like we're connected, like mm-hmm. we have proximity, but we really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's even dangerous to some extent, because I'll, I'll see people in real life thinking I know them. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm like, wait. I I've got to feel like I've known you through Luke. I feel like we, we've... <laughs> well, I man, I give you... Uh, let me stop. I, I give it you gives a pretty you high good pra- representation gives you high of Clint. High praise. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I've
0: given him only good
2: things. I'm
1: flattered. Yeah. So that thing earlier, like, we have a very, 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 very special... <laughs> Guess that's the way he thinks of you, man.
2: Uh, hey, there you go. I feel loved. Yeah, be I encouraged. <laughs> you should. But I mean, if people were doing that more often, yeah, <laughs> seriously. No, no, if we I, were, uh,
1: yeah. If we Talk were about doing that more
2: often and looking for genuine connection, um, and I mean, I I also realize everybody has issues. Everybody has their own challenges, yeah. but what I found is the more I engage community God will put and mm. place through those individuals yeah. mm-hmm. because I believe as Christians being called to community is probably one of the most central aspects of what we are what we believe what yeah. we should be doing I mean you look at creation and he God is in community creating yeah yeah and so I just feel like um mm. We have to pay more attention to that, and be more intentional about always pursuing, pursuing
0: community. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I mean that you, you spoke to that right now, or just a bit ago, is, you know, social media is not necessarily community. Yeah, it's you can't struggle. have community over a, a over a screen. <laughs> um, I helped lead a Bible study group, and we were trying to put these things in place, and and yes, the Lord was using technology at the time, right. But it was never going to take the place of community, right? Um, and I think that there is that decline. Yeah, you're, you're talking about the decline. Yeah, there is a decline in connections and people being advocates for each other. Yeah, because there is that you know, tech, techno- technological divide yep. that has been placed up. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. It almost yeah. seems like there's there's a there's a,
1: obviously a spectrum of mm-hmm. what people think about community, right? Mm when I think about like online community, it's sort of this thing that's always there. Right. It's ubiquitous. I could pop in and out. I can always find out what's kind of mm. going on. Right. But as we're talking about, there's no real relationship at all. Yeah. 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 On the flip side of that, like something that we, um, that, that can happen with, even with like in a church, is those who think I've got my set time with my set people to do my structured thing. And therefore, ergo, I've got community. Yeah. <laughs> So you have, like, the very broad spectrum, like, something that's always yeah. available, but also got my one time a week sort of thing. And in neither case do you have yeah. real community. So there's, like, a—there's just a broad spectrum, like, I mean, I think, just to add, maybe put a word on one of the things you're describing is hospitality. Mm-hmm. It might be in, in people's homes. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you merely just set, And and we talk about this all the time, like, not— not to decorate the house and make it very formal. It's just hey, making room for each yeah. other, yeah. even even when it's inconvenient. Yeah. Or, um, just even more regular. Yeah. Habituated is something that's a habit. Yeah. A mm. way of being anyway. I'm just, again, thinking out loud here.
0: Community hospitality. There you go.
1: We need more of. <laughs> there you go.
2: And that takes a level of vulnerability too. That's, that's also true. a part of that breaking down the you know proximity issues. Yeah. Uh, it's uncomfortable, again, if you come back to that. Being vulnerable mm. doesn't always feel good. Um, it's not always, you know, getting the headlines of, oh, hey, I, I opened up and allowed, you know, somebody in. Yeah, or I, yeah it's just—and I mean, again, it keeps coming back to how we're focusing on developing character with teens— because those are all things that are built into what we're trying to do. Yeah. It requires us as leaders, and Luke knows this, yeah. being on stage, being vulnerable about vulnerable about our own failures. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because that opens up a door that a student later on says, "Hey, you said something. Yeah, it kind of what What did you mean? Mm-hmm. What was that? Again, that's that's breaking down. That's yeah. coming together. Uh, being transparent. That's just, we need more of that, especially for the younger generations coming behind us. Yeah. I feel so old saying that, but the, the <laughs> generations coming up after us. They By the way, for the
1: record, how old are you? 36. Okay. So you, you are officially the oldest person in the room. Oh, wow. <laughs> how do you I feel? didn't see that coming. I'm 33.
2: Well, and, and this <laughs> happened this summer because we just started doing life.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I'm not
2: thinking about And everybody on our team, even to this day, is like this. They have this older than you know mentality, yeah, wiser yeah, than yeah, their yeah. years. And when we start realizing the age difference, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's did. it's interesting.
0: We'd always we'd always mess with Clint about being the old man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Johnson and I had many of fun laughs oh, talking about I'm your. i are constantly age.
2: reminded <laughs> of the <laughs> obvious age gap. We're
0: sorry about that, but not not really. Hey, it, so, it is what it is, I yeah, guess. You'll be fine. Um you think about Longview, uh, something that kind of hopping back on an old point, we can expand if, off it if we want, but uh, just hopping back on this idea of students being here for, for a few years, mm-hmm. they usually have this past long view, past East Texas mm-hmm. kind of mentality of, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get out. We all had that mentality, yep. I guess. Yep. Right? Right. Um, and we've all admitted we were wrong. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we we all love Longview now in East Texas. Um, but for these students, I think what's cool about what we're doing and what you're doing right now is that these students that are coming in, not all of them are called to East Texas. Yeah, not all of them are called the Longview, and that's not what we're trying to say on this podcast. We're trying to open up your mind, yes, but not say, "Hey, you're all called the right. Longview." Right. Um, something that's cool about this about what you have going on in your program is this idea that they come in as college students, they're here for four years, pray to God, they get involved with you right. and thrive 360. They get involved. They can take what they learn, what they practice, mm-hmm. helping, helping unite the city of Longview and they right. can take that and they can place it wherever God has called them. Right. I think it's just another level of, training and preparation that the Lord's doing through the city that can help other cities and expand. So this very local concept can take, can be taken and placed in another local, yeah, local right. concept. Absolutely. So I don't know. It's just a thought that I was thinking about. And I think that the Lord can use podcasts. He can use Thrive360. He can use all of yeah. this stuff that we're placing around this local emphasis and take it and place it all over mm-hmm. uh, the country. So, I don't know this, Jeff knows I'm a big dreamer. <laughs> no, that's good <laughs> about everything, but
1: yeah. No, so. I, and I love the integration of that because that's what we want. Yeah, is for students to go like, yeah, all of you are not going to remain here, right? Like, however I mean the two, two or three thousand students that we have at Leturno or ETBU or whatever, or whatever Tyler, college, or and, yeah. I yeah. mean, any any college here, like all those students aren't just going to collectively add up, and Lawview is not going to become the new Metroplex, right. you know? Yeah. So we know you're going to go elsewhere, but I think what a, what a witness it would be. Cause I think, I think this is what happens with churches who send people really well, um, or communities who send people really well is they give witness back to the people who send them. Like, this is what mm-hmm. I received and I want to now transplant, be translocal. I mean, if you to use that word, and I'm going to mm. drop what I learned right here and create. Yeah. I'm going to become a creator yeah. of that in this new community. Yeah. So, um, you know, about dreaming big, I wanted to ask you, um, what's what's like a big dream that, that you have right now? What's something that the Lord is sort of stirring in you to, and, and not necessarily just for Thrive, but what's something like, I don't know, I've been thinking about a lot recently about revival mm-hmm. and renewal. Mm-hmm. And I know that that starts at a particular occasion and, and it works itself out. This awakening that happens was yeah. something that the Lord is doing in you that, and you know, you're saying, Lord, make it so, you know. So speaking of alliteration. Come on. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we, need it. we need at least one Have, you, have you ever preached before? <laughs> a few times. Yeah. Uh, do you have a preacher voice? I can't. Everybody's say got that. one. I don't. Yeah, don't worry about got, it. Uh, yeah, Man, I'm, just, we might just, just, hear he it. I'm still trying to, to find that. Okay. We might just hear it. But you said
2: <laughs> revival. You yeah. said renewal. Yeah. I'm gonna add one to it and okay. say redemption. Hey. Okay. Um. So in the question of what do I see? Number one, I love the idea of redemption. I love how it's woven into. I mean it is our faith to a large extent. Um but in terms of like what I think God is doing and what I I long to see and what I keep finding myself right in the mix of mm. stories of redemption. Yeah. Uh efforts. The teen development aspect is mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And I mean you can come at that from all kind of angles. Um and then I I found myself in very heavily involved in uh, racial reconciliation mm-hmm. because there's a, a huge need for that in Longview. Yeah, um, I can't really I don't know that I can say what that looks like. Honestly, we've been we've been covering a lot of it. we've yeah. been talking a lot of it. Um, but just that where the church is in front leading those efforts yeah. mm-hmm. and we are taking, you know, where we should be anyway. Honestly, we should be leading these efforts by example. And I'm not saying we have to have the biggest billboards and the loudest, but I'm saying people should see us and experience us and say, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I see that through their lifestyle. And because of that, I'm encouraged and I want to, I want to pursue the God that they're pursuing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, that that's the one thing that I keep seeing and that I probably dream about the most consistently,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and 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 watching God do that in and around me through other individuals, you know, throughout the community, um, and I, I know it's very broad, but that's that's the one thing that I keep coming back to in the work that God has had me involved. Um, is to see where He's working and where I can be instrumental in yeah. in His
1: redemptive plan. Yeah, man. Just to encourage you. um, like the thing that I'm referring to, like revival, uh-huh. st- starts in, in those individual stories. I think yeah. it's easy yeah. to think collectively. Right. Like we have that big thing. Right. And it's, it's kind of ominous. Like we can't really define it. Like we want to awaken it. Well, what is that? At a very fundamental level, yeah. it's each of those stories yeah, uh, of God doing that work. Yeah. And you, you've used the word faithful several times mm-hmm. uh, today uh each one of us being faithful to do that. So I don't I don't think that's um I mean, I, the way I think you describe it I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I've got at least a couple more questions that I could ask. Definitely, because I feel like we could probably go back and forth. And here's my hope: yeah, is not merely this, mm-hmm. but this is. I mean, this kind of context, a local podcast. You know, this is a form of communication these days. Yeah, and so I'm hoping a conversation like this becomes a catalyst, right? Like something that students listen to and go, "No, I, I can very much get involved." Yeah, yeah. in your ministry. Yeah, in this organization. And it's got this greater goal mm-hmm. uh, of, of changing the city as a whole. Yeah. So that, you know, um, that, that's that's the hope for the conversation is just to, to be able to act upon it. Gotcha. Get to know your story and know what you're doing. Um, you kind of already alluded to this, just kind of what your, your big dream is. But what's something that right now, I mean, you just really, because you, uh, I, sorry, integrations of conversations. <laughs> We talk about how uh, we need to have this emphasis on sin. People need to have an understanding of sin. I guess that's how they're only gonna need to know their 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 savior and that they it they need salvation. Right. That's true. Yeah. But here's what I'm I'm starting to see now. There has to become a heavy front loading of grace uh-huh. that sort of undoes people being bound uh-huh. by yeah. law. Uh-huh. The, the, we already carry around a heavy weight of guilt yeah. and shame. And so I think the gospel really is freeing mm-hmm. in that. So I know there's there's systemic things, there's individual things mm-hmm. that we could all reflect on our, our blind spots mm-hmm. and our weaknesses and things like that. Man, but what are you really encouraged by? Um, again, you, I think you've already alluded, alluded to it. You get to hear these stories. Right was it What's something that you're seeing right now man, just really encourage it mm-hmm. could be people it could be specific to thrive um any direction in the we church go even
0: yeah anything
1: I'll say this <laughs> great
2: question say it oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> no one of the things um this is a uh, I don't know how recent this is honestly. Because I've just since I left my career as an engineer mm. and started to pursue what God was doing now in team development, man, I was at some points like I don't know where God is taking yeah. me mm. yeah, but I have to be still and I have to be um so as I started to be still re-study, yeah. I developed a new appreciation respect. And still understanding for the black church. Mm. So, and the question about what gives me hope. Mm. I started to kind of go back and um, look at historically how we got here. Mm -hmm. I'm talking church denominations. Mm -hmm. I'm talking what's taking place in the U.S., race relations, Four hundred years slavery all of these things and uh i mean i was ray i was raised baptist Uh, i was raised in a traditional baptist church Mm -hmm. so i've always known black church but i say specifically black church because the the beginning of black church what black church was birthed out of Mm -hmm. where we were in the nation at that time and why it was it was necessary? Because I've had questions a lot of times from different individuals about like why some of these efforts, like why is there a need for a black anything? Right. I said, well, when you go through history and you see that there weren't avenues for the black community, right? Like something had to give. Yeah. Um, and that that that's one of the ways I can describe how the black church was born. But. As easy as it is to look at how ugly our past has been, I think it's just as easy not to neglect that part. I don't think we do that. But just as easy to see God's hand, God's provision, and how he has allowed an organism like the black church to still thrive, mm-hmm. to survive first and then thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I say that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a product of it, number one. Um, but when you look at the history of everything the black church has gone through, the fact that there's even still a semblance of it mm-hmm. is just remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to see individuals... Um, come through the things that they had to come through successfully, and still press, and still hope, yeah. um, and still not be deterred. Mm-hmm. You know that's a different type of message yeah. that can really spark. You know what we're talking about when you're talking about redemption, mm-hmm. when you're talking about community, and it's not to say, well, we're the black church. We need, but no, it's to say. How you can even be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. How you can understand how that's impacted us yeah. locally. Yeah. Um, one of the efforts that I'm working on, and it, it fits so well in everything we're talking about. I'm on a team of individuals called the 1919 Longview Remembrance Project. Yeah. Okay. And um we're still kind of working to let the community know who we are and what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're simply trying to bring a different light. To the events of the 1919 race riots, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which in and of itself can be very uncomfortable because a lot of people, well, why are we why are we talking about that? That's divisive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one, we talking we're talking about it because it's, it's truth. Mm-hmm. And you said something earlier, and I cannot remember who, where I heard the quote, but I've heard it said that there isn't reconciliation without confrontation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard that first. Uh, talking about the gospel yeah. and what Christ went through on the cross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's the same way in everything that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking about teens, there's absolutely going to be some confrontation. Yeah. yeah, Whether you're talking about confronting the individual and differences and just trying to understand each other, yeah. or you're talking about them coming into grips with things they've been exposed to, being exposed to, them trying to figure out who they are, right. identity. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's enough in and of itself, especially with yeah. everything that they're being um and so talking about things truthfully, mm-hmm. you know, not sugarcoating, but talking about things truthfully, still honoring God, you know, still talking about it with hope, with faith. Um, but that that's one thing that has just kind of really changed my life perspective, how I love people. Yeah. You know. Uh, I don't walk away from, even, again, the horrors of it, I don't walk away from something like the 1919 race ride with a bitterness, mm-hmm. or at least I'm trying my best not to, <laughs> with a bitterness. But I'm saying, okay, God, how do I represent you, love people, yeah. like I'm supposed to, even more so? Because I even think there's there's opportunity for God to be glorified through some horrific things like that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's given me mm, crazy hope, crazy faith. Yeah, Because I'm looking at people who had way different circumstances. And it's not even to say that the circumstances validate. I'm not not coming from that perspective. But it's just it keeps pointing me back to God. Yeah, It keeps making me say, well, the only way that happens, the way it happens is because of God yeah and so, okay, guy, what are you doing right now and 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 how are you using me yeah. to pass on that same hopeful message and how I live? yeah, which is I think probably the most important part, like what we do as a result mhm yeah so yeah that that's where which which is crazy because again, it spurs a lot of different emotions yeah. and different reactions and it's polarizing and it's uncomfortable
1: but I walk away from it feeling hopeful hmm? yeah I'm glad you said that word um I forget who mentioned it it's kind of one of those things like it's like a you mentioned a quote like you're not know, really sure you said it but it sort right. of sticks with you right and they were re- they were referring to the black church and aside from how it was birthed, one of the things that stuck with me was the greatest gift that the black church can offer us today that they've been offering for all these years mm-hmm. is hope mm-hmm. uh here in a couple of weeks just we're kind of wrapping up a part of a sermon series on the beatitudes and, okay. and where it lands is blessed are those who are persecuted mm-hmm. and it doesn't take long it's just a simple reflection that we have not been through like many of us collectively as a whole i think but Particularly for for white Americans, we have not been through persecution, no. and so we, in, in some sense we can get really petty, yeah, and have pity party about mm-hmm. the things that we go through and the taking away of rights. Um, but it, it's profound to me, and I think a lot of other people when they look at the black church, like how is it they they've been so patient, yeah, and long suffering, yeah. Um, it's because they they've had for years they've they've had to Hang on to a very real hope, yeah, for what they've been through because they have been through it, yeah, and in some sense yeah. con- continue to this day to go through it. So what sustains mm-hmm. them, yeah, by the grace of God is this yeah. is hope, and yeah. it, it pulls them forward, yeah. And so I, I just that's always stuck with me that that this gift that the black church has to offer is is hope. So I'm glad you, I'm glad that that's true for you yeah. personally. But just to use that word, I think is is, is right.
2: You know, I've um, in this same mix of everything that's been going on, I've been studying um, apologetics, maybe urban apologetics, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more specifically. And one of the things, it really started in college, which has been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Oh, man. It really started. I feel like everything starts <laughs> in college. Yeah. Like, you're not a real Christian until you've been through that phase where everything is challenged. Everything yeah. <laughs> is and you're you're having to make some decisions on the fly. Yeah. And you don't have that protective covering that you had. Yeah. And I know this is not true for everybody, but I no, I think that's pretty generally true. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was for me. Yeah. But I had my faith challenged in some ways that I did not expect. And tying into what we're talking about, you know, there there there's been a huge assault on the Christian faith in the black church tradition. Hmm. That Christianity is the white man's religion. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's been, I've seen it, been exposed to it, some ways, you know, front on, some ways just kind of passing. Yeah. And so, again, as I'm studying this and I'm seeing how faithful the church has been when they've had, you know, opportunities to exit, opportunities to detour, and there are all kinds of expressions of faith. That's not true to Jesus Christ because of the circumstances, and it's 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 such a misleading because in my search, I started to learn things that I never was taught. I didn't know in college because I didn't have as strong as an apologetic and I couldn't push back. Now I refused to leave, yeah, by the grace of God because of what was rooted, you know early on, but I couldn't really speak to it intelligently. Um And so seeing things from that perspective still has really helped shape, especially people that I know personally who have gone through things much worse than I have, but they refuse to let it tear them away from faith. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. instead it pressed them towards God. Yeah, And I mean, that's what you see in the narrative of the black church. Yeah, Persecution, oppression, I mean, the worst of the worst, but they pushed closer. And so yeah. that, that significantly makes me look at my faith differently. Mm. And one of the things that we're trying to do, and I don't even know that we could fully even describe this, we're learning, but how do we as a community collectively lament and mm-hmm. repent? Wow. Collectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we... We tend to have at least an understanding of what that means individually, salvation, you know, uh, pursuing a relationship with Christ, forgiveness, repentance. But collectively, that's where we tend to fall apart. And so that's something that we're hoping to do by bringing these things to light. It's not to say, because we see see it in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been studying Nehemiah. I've been studying Ezra. um, Yeah. They took that mantle of responsibility, right, and went before God, brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. God, we sinned against you. Mm-hmm. You know that. That's one of the things with yeah. David that I always is like David would do something crazy, <laughs> and I would be stuck on, "Oh my goodness, he just did that to her. <laughs> he just did that yeah. to him." But then I'm reading David, and David's saying, God, I sinned against you. Right. And so I'm hoping that here locally, we start to pursue that collectively. Because Mm -hmm. while I love and the hope of the black church, it's not to say, well, black church is supreme and everything else is not. No, it's to say, hey, we can collectively... Yeah, experience this, even if you're not at a traditional or yeah. predominantly black or whatever, Yeah, we can still collectively enter into this, mm. just like we can collectively lament for what happened, just like we can collectively repent for what happened, which I think, by the way, has to happen before we can talk about real restoration, yeah. reconciliation, renewal, Revival,
1: reparations, reparations. Also, the, the, the reformation, reformation. I, mean, what, <laughs> I, I feel kidding. like we're getting an outline for a book, Clint. Oh yeah, It's each chapter. Hey, I was at a bookstore earlier today. Does that mean something? That, uh, well, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and segue. <laughs> I love what you're saying. Um, one of the questions I did want to ask because I did see a picture, and I'm just I'm a I'm a bookish dude. Okay. So I was gonna bookish ask you what you've been dude. reading recently, and or what. Even so what have you been reading recently? Uh-huh. And then what are some things? Um, I think around what we're discussing right now, mm-hmm. what are some things that you'd recommend? Gotcha that we need to look at. So what have you what are you reading recently? And then what would you recommend to uh people listening for the stuff we're talking about?
2: Okay. Um, so since we're
1: local.
0: Yeah. Here we go.
2: Um, let me give a shout out to um Books and Barrels. Yeah. My first time there today. I've heard a lot about it, Sweet. but I actually went inside and was impressed. And cool. I talked to the owner. Yeah, good time. Laura. Okay. So if you hadn't been to okay. Books and Barrels yet, stop by. I'm I'm going tomorrow. Yeah. But um, local author. Okay. By the name of Scott Watts.
1: Scott Watts this is a leader in okay. my church. Okay. Church on
2: Purpose. He just released a book, maybe two weeks ago. Okay. Three weeks two ago. ago. And I bought it, and I cannot put it down. It's called Beyond Greatness. Okay. Well, and um his reference for beyond greatness really is when you get to the point of surrender mm, wow. and you let God start to That's good. But he uses um farming, mm. the process of seeds, germination, growth happening in your darkest places, absorbing new I mean, all kind of crazy stuff. And he ties it into, you know, God working with us. Amazing yep. book. No Scott, incredible. love Scott.
1: Somebody who lives what he nice. he teaches. Is his book available? Yeah. Amazon? Does it have to be bought locally? Yeah. How, how did you How did you get it? I went to his website, scottwatts.com.
2: Okay. Great. I'm almost positive. We'll try to link it up. So that's one. Um, we'll find it. We'll find it. I just got a book <laughs> Sunday. Was it Sunday or last Sunday? Called Reading While Black. Yeah. By Esau Macaulay, who's okay. an Anglican priest. Yeah and theologian and just the voice that I've been following for the last 3 or nice. 4 years. Yeah. Um man, so this book was intentionally written for the black community. And okay. he did that specifically because there were so many efforts where like black people were writing about the black community but for the white community. Okay. And so he kind of he he changed it on this one. And when I picked it up and started reading it, I was captivated. Because it it immediately started to he also comes from a Southern Baptist yeah. okay. um, context. And so it immediately so all, started to all the to all the
1: good Southern Baptists end up converting to Anglicanism. Yeah.
2: I don't I mean, you know just, what?
1: That's just a note. But yeah. a, he, lot, would, a lot of the good Southern Baptists convert. He he would he would agree.
2: He would agree with that. Which is funny because I went Methodist after Baptist and then, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. anyway so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's another one. And then uh, I'm also reading um, or just started Compassion and Conviction.
0: Oh, okay. And Campaign. And, and Campaign. Yep. Okay. Justin
2: Gibney and my favorite artist, Show Baraka. Yeah. They started, or two of three partners who started. Um, but it, it, it's helpful because with all the polarization that takes place on... Conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, like they try to take the scripture to apply to the issues, mm-hmm. and that's helpful for me because I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. and uh, and they try to speak to those things faithfully via scripture. Right. And so th- those are the most recent, yeah, uh, oh. things that I'm juggling amongst other. Yeah,
1: that's good. Um, no, there's a lot out there. I uh, I just got back from. Uh, I handed off a book to one of our staff members. Just got it back, but divided by faith. Yep, is mm. another Embers- awful one. Yeah. Emerson. Yep. I yeah, read Cr- that. Uh Michael Emerson. Yep. Christian Smith. Yep. Very important book. Yep. Um, I just got one in yesterday. Have you heard of the one called "Beautiful Community"? Irwin Ints. I don't think so. Forwarded by, forwarded by Tim Keller. So the it's got to be good. Timothy Keller. The Timothy Keller. I don't mm-hmm. think I have. Okay. I think you'd be interested in it. Let's we'll check, we'll it, check out. it out when we're done here. But, um, no, it's really helpful. Um, yeah. I think it's important for for us to, um, not just, not just to read in general. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to learn, but I think right. particularly for this is to, in order for us to have a good understanding, I think it's going to come through primarily through relationship. Yeah. But I think it also re- going to require doing some work. I know that's um, for a number of, Sort of primary persons that everybody's looking to, uh-huh. they get exhausted because everyone's going to them like, tell me what I need to know. Yeah. So they're having all these people yeah. come to them saying, I'm so sorry, tell me what I need to know. Like, yeah. hey, do the work yourself. Yes. <laughs> I think that's part of the investment. My wife is telling me that now. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's tiring. Um, But it's part of that blind spot. Just there's, it's a part of our history. Yeah. That, um,
0: we just need to do the work on, so. And something something I was really encouraged by to just, um, we joked around about you putting your books on Instagram. <laughs> but you put them on Instagram and you're like, got these reads today, excited to jump in. Anybody who's reading, I would yeah. love to discuss. Yeah. That alone, like, a lot of people can skip through a story and be yeah. like, oh, I mean, that's cool. You just put yeah. that out there. But I read that and I was like, you know what? That makes me want to read a book with Clint. Yeah. And get through it and discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for you to open up that invitation, I thought was a cool yeah. thing and a good reminder of what you're talking about with not merely just read or not merely just ask someone for what to do, yeah. but let's converse over these things and let's converse what we're reading Yeah, too. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, you was... can't cover those blind
2: spots without those people. Um, I've learned to value people who have different experiences, perspectives. Yeah. One of the things that I can say that I've learned, um, my wife and I are going through the adoption process now. Mm -hmm. And um, something I find myself saying is, well, shoot, if I had experienced that, you know, if that was my Mm -hmm. upbringing, culture, Uh environment, I probably would do the same thing. Yeah, I probably would think the same way. And I think that applies 100% to the blind spot conversation mm-hmm. because now I'm forced to see life from a different perspective, which is a good thing. I think. Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, and I think for a community to be healthy, I need people who don't see the same way I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a, uh, we'll kind of wrap it up here, but yeah, there's a, there's a quote that I come back to often because I, I used to be a teacher and a lot of times, when you introduce books mm-hmm. or articles, whatever you're having students read, um, to the um, to the immature mind, they think they are they're the ones who can stand in judgment over what they're reading. Yeah. And I think part of the learning process you refer to again as students is part of the learning process is learning. You're not standing in judgment over it. It's actually judging you. And to become a good reader is to receive yeah. or to see as in a mirror yeah. what you're reading, and to and to and to adapt yeah. to it, or to to yeah. to, to learn to. So to what you're because what you're referring to is empathy. Yeah. And so a quote that sticks with me says, uh, "What good is it to sound learning if we look like every every man, but in whom no man can see himself?" Mm. So the idea is, what good is it? if you know that you look like everybody else and and you're fundamentally like every other man, but you actually can't see yourself in that other person, meaning you see them as fundamentally different than yourself. And so you're going to have a hard time being empathetic. You're going to have a hard time loving that other person because even though they're exactly like you in many ways, your fundamental humanity, you're still trying to stand in judgment over them rather than learning from them and seeing them for who they are yeah so that just always sticks with me yeah but gotta read yeah absolutely nice 100% well Clint dude Oof. this has been fun uh yeah <laughs> too much too much fun <laughs> <laughs> is there such thing it's too much fun no of course well are you, I don't you know, think there, are there is are you kind of an introverted type uh, you don't answer, answer that
0: I don't know because uh, from, from my no. perspective there is too much fun yeah.
1: yeah, I can see that. Our, our producer over here, Josh Moore, nodding his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's there's like, I'm too tired too of fun. being in a room with you. Yeah, he's like, there's too much conversation <laughs> happening. We need to shut this thing down. <laughs> so, man, Clint, man, I, I'm glad to get to know you. I know yeah. Luke has been super appreciative of, of what you do, who you are. Likewise. And, again, I think the hope for all of us is, man, we'll be able to take some steps together. Yep in service to um not just each other and, and our different organizations and churches but i think the city as a whole yeah Yep. so thankful for you appreciate your time and, sp- and
0: spending with us thankful yeah. for having me uh, i don't i, I don't it. think this will be the last time we have you on this <laughs> podcast no, no <laughs> doubt you know where to find
2: me man i'm available so cool i yeah. uh, appreciate you. your time man yes sir yeah. anytime
1: all right Thanks for joining us today. Follow us on Instagram at nbbc underscore college. Our hosts were Jeff Manning and Luke Ludwig with special guest Clint Holmes. If you'd like to find out more information about Thrive, email him at clint at thrivelongview.org. This podcast was recorded at New Beginnings Baptist Church, edited and mastered by Josh Moore. Special thanks to all of our life group leaders. If you're interested in joining a group, let us know. We'll see you next time. Grace and peace.